Hi, this is filmmaker and author Michael Morin. Whenever I'm not riding my bike around the Davis campus, I'm listening to 90.3 KDVS College Radio right here. FM. Cool. This is Radio Parallax, a slightly different perspective from a slightly different view, with topics that include matters in science, technology, history, politics, current events, and whatever we damn well please. And now the host of Radio Parallax, Douglas Everett. Welcome to our pre-Halloween show. Yes, tomorrow is Halloween, and uh, last year we aired a, uh, a segment relating to what happened in Halloween 1938. It uh, was very well received, and we're going to actually have a um, a rerun of that in our third segment today, and stick around for that. Hopefully, you'll find that as enjoyable as people seem to have last year. In our second segment today, we have a very special guest, Dr. Cyril Wecht will be joining us. Dr. Wecht is the author of an interesting new book, Mortal Evidence, subtitled The Forensics Behind Nine Shocking Cases. Dr. Wecht is one of the world's leading pathologists. He is, uh, you've probably seen him on television, numerous uh, numerous TV shows have featured Dr. Wecht, including Dateline, Larry King Live, 2020, um, CNN, etc. So uh, this will be very interesting. Stay tuned for that as well. In our first segment today, we're going to update you on where we stood with two of America's political funny men, Al Franken, and Michael Moore. Michael Moore was here in Davis on Monday. We attended uh, his press conference for you, the listening audience. Both um, events were sold out. Fortunately for us and hopefully you, we did attend his talk at the University of the Pacific last Wednesday. We'll have more to say about Michael Moore and Al Franken, but before we do that, let's do a couple lighter bits. Item from the Week magazine. From the gossip section, Barbara Streisand is not too big to do her own cooking. In an appearance on Oprah Winfrey's talk show, the actress and singer said she'd taken, quote, several cooking courses, unquote, adding, I've seen a new little gadget that someone gave me that you put in with the eggs, and it shows you if it's 20 or 25 minutes. Winfrey replied, I don't think you can cook an egg for 25 minutes. Now, here, as part of our public affairs broadcasting in KDVS, we have a cooking show, Cooking with Madeline, which comes to you every Thursday. That's right, today at 8.30 in the morning. Fascinating stuff Madeline does about how to cook and a lot of the background information on food. I brought this issue to her attention of uh, Barbara Streisand's uh, eggs, and she responded as follows. Some sing, some cook. Which uh, I thought was pretty damn good. Uh, she'll be coming on in a future program to plug her show. We want to tell you about everyone else here on our public affairs lineup. Uh, we think that would be a good thing to do because we have some we have some stuff you may not know about. So um, stay tuned for if nothing else for that in our future programs. Uh, Madeline's show is is notable because she has this wonderful theme song, apparently by Jacques Brel. I love tuning in just to hear the uh, just to hear that theme song. Apparently, Jacques Brel is most famous for a song uh, translated as Don't Leave Me, uh, Ne Me Quitte Pas, or Pa, I can't pronounce French, an impassioned anguish torch song. 
Madeline believes that he also wrote the musical Stop the World, I Want to Get Off, which I tell you, that brings back memories. I remember my uncle having that album when I was a kid. It had Anthony Newley on the cover. Anyway, great tune, uh, show worth listening to. Hopefully you will on Thursday mornings. Dial it in. From the Only in America file, an Omaha judge told a Mexican-American man that his right to see his five-year-old daughter would be severely restricted if he insisted on speaking, quote, the Hispanic language, unquote. Judge Ronald E. Reagan, presiding over a custody case, told Eloy Amador he could not speak, quote, Hispanic, unquote, in his daughter's presence. Are you telling me I can teach it to her but not speak it? Amador asked. That's right, Reagan said. The principal form of communication is going to be English. Civil rights groups vowed legal action. Gotta tell you, we're, we're coming to love this magazine. They just got so many great tidbits in it. Um, apparently a man who won $48,000 on the Wheel of Fortune subsequently sued the show for $2 million because host Pat Sajak congratulated him with a bear hug that allegedly left him needing back surgery. Have you heard about this one? I hadn't. Apparently, relatives of U.S. troops stationed in Iraq have been buying their loved ones $1,000 ceramic body vests that are strong enough to protect against bullets from assault rifles. Congress approved funding for the armor six months ago, but bureaucratic snags have slowed delivery. And there's one I don't have in front of me, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have it for next week's show out of Newsweek this week uh, about what's going on in Iraq. Apparently, the uh, main power station to Baghdad, in spite of being contracted six months ago to restore it, um, the U.S. military has done worse than Saddam did after the first Gulf War. He had it running at something like 30 to 50 percent power three months later. Uh, the subcontractors are complaining, well, Halliburton's not around uh, we don't know what's going on. And then Halliburton spokesman evidently said that, well, we found some asbestos. We've appointed someone to study how to deal with it. It's a hazardous waste problem. So we're paying cold, hard cash to Halliburton, and they're appointing committees to study the problem. Meanwhile, the people in Baghdad are going without power. I think this might have something to do with why the Iraqi populace appears to be souring on our occupation forces. All right, let's start with a report on Mr. Al Franken. We left the program last Thursday, got in the car, and drove down to Berkeley. Uh, we think very highly of lies and the lying liars who tell them. I think Franklin did a very good job, better, than, frankly, than he did on the original Rush Limbaugh book. Um, he was in rare form. He really he killed what a professional comedian wants to do. He pretty much killed at Berkeley. And we mentioned last week that from, uh, from the book, uh, Franken said that O'Reilly's uh, response to him being, you know, hammered by, uh, by Al Franken on national television was to say that had this been the days of President Andrew Jackson, Franken would have been shot. Franken revealed to the Berkeley audience that he apparently also said that in the old days there had been a shootout in the Old West. And uh, Riley told his listening audience he would have won, which prompted Franklin to come back with, well, I do tour state fairs every summer with my quick draw act. And I'm really third best in the nation. And I know that O'Reilly's not number one and number two, so I don't know how he can assure his radio audience that he would have won. 
Franken did point out that, that you're allowed to do satire. You're allowed to do satirical speech, even if the object of the satire doesn't get it. Bill O'Reilly, we pointed this out. I'm kind of I'm kind of pleased about the fact that we pointed out this out to you, and uh, Franklin pointed out to his audience in Berkeley that while O'Reilly said in Time Magazine that he had urged uh, Fox to sue Franken, and this was picked up by other papers, when he was interviewed by Terry Gross, he hotly denied it. But uh, the truth is, it was a temper tantrum by Bill O'Reilly that prompted Fox into their ill-advised lawsuit that basically put uh, put this book at the top of the New York Times bestseller list. Franklin got out and said, this case was literally laughed out of court. He goes, when people say something was literally laughed out of court, what they mean by that is it was figuratively laughed out of court. But he said, actually, in this case, it was literally laughed out of court. Um, He pointed out that Fox uh, opened up their argument by saying, Your Honor, the Fox Network has 85 million subscribers. The judge stopped him right there and said, well, wait, wait a minute, let me ask you. Wait a minute. I have cable TV. Does that make me a Fox subscriber? <laughs> he apparently, the on-the-defensive attorney was squirming and said, yes, <laughs> which apparently caused the courtroom to burst out into laughter. It went downhill from there. The judge wound up saying that the case was wholly without merit, factually and legally. Franken suggests that they may want to, instead of using fair and balanced as their uh, registered trademark, they may want to now start using, quote, wholly without merit, unquote. Franklin also reported that Brit Hume, reporting on Fox, said that only 277 Americans had died in Iraq, only because This amounted to 1.7 deaths per day. Compare this, he said, to the murder rate in California, which has 2,300 homicides per year, or 6.6 per day. He said, relatively speaking, it was safer to be in Iraq. And he noted that Iraq and California are roughly the same size geographically. This did prompt Franken to point out that California has 32 million people and we have 140,000 troops in Iraq and that therefore rudimentary statistics would point out that it's actually 60 to 70 times more dangerous to be in Iraq, which apparently prompted Brit Hume to later clarify that, well, that was just a rough comparison. I recommend you get this book. Possibly the best chapter is um, Limbaugh on the Paul Wellstone Memorial. Al Franken pretty much just takes Limbaugh apart in this chapter. He knew Paul Wellstone. They were family friends. And uh, what Limbaugh had to say about it being a political rally was just simply not true. And he, he writes with a lot of passion. I recommend you get a copy. Also writing with a great deal of passion is Michael Moore in Dude, Where's My Country? I didn't know this. Page 13 from Dude, Where's My Country? The Saudi royal family's lawyer is James Baker. Yes, James Baker, the man who went to Florida to direct the battle for the ballots for the Bush team. Baker's firm represents the Saudi royalty in lawsuits against them by the families of the September 11th victims. Yes, remember when the Victims, families, 
decided to sue members of the House of Saud for what happened on September 11th? Well, James Baker is representing, no, not Americans in the case. He's representing the Saudis. But then again, in the battle over election 2000, he wasn't representing you, the American public, either. He was representing the Bush family. Now, Michael Moore's documentary film, Bowling for Columbine, is apparently the most successful documentary in film history. It was the first documentary that was admitted to the Cannes Film Festival in 50 years, and after being aired there, it received a 13-minute standing ovation. And of course, it's the Oscar winner last year. So Michael Moore's riding high. We saw him at, uh, at the Alex Spanos Center. He pulled 4,000 people to come see him in Stockton. Stockton is a blue-collar, conservative, Republican town. He said there, and he said here again at Davis, that people out across this country are PO'd at what's going on, and I think, um, I think the turnout that he got in Stockton is proof of that. Now, Bowling for Columbine has to do with gun control. In this, in book, in this book, Dude, Where's My Country? Uh, he has a tidbit that I was not aware of. An Al-Qaeda pamphlet that was originally found in terrorist safe houses in Afghanistan contains the following advice. In some countries of the world, especially the USA, firearms training is available to the general public. One should try to join a shooting club if possible and make regular visits to the firing range. It also said that in other countries, e.g. some states of the USA and South Africa, it is perfectly legal for members of the public to own certain types of firearms. If you live in such a country, this is the Al-Qaeda manual, if you live in such a country, obtain an assault rifle legally, preferably an AK-47 or variations, learn how to use it properly, and go and practice in the areas allowed for such training. All right, we have a clip here from Michael Moore at the press conference, which was well attended by your public affairs hosts. Uh, Franz was there. Steve Valentino was there. Michael Mercury was there. I was there. The general manager of KDVS, Teresa Kinney, was there. And um, as always, Michael Moore had a lot to say. I asked him about his new book, Dude, Where's My Country?, which opens up with seven questions he would like to ask George Bush. I asked him to address those. Well, I want to ask Mr. Bush, you know, what exactly is the financial relationship between the Bush family and the Bin Ladens? What's the financial relationship between the Bushes and the Saudi royal family? Why is it that only Saudi royals and Bin Ladens were allowed to fly around America on September 12th and 13th when the rest of us couldn't? Uh, why, I mean, it just seemed the oddest thing that the only way you could get a flight on September 12th is if your name was Bin Laden. Like, is that, if you just pause for a second and just kind of think about that, it's like, what the hell is that all about? Um, well, Mike, the other Bin Ladens, they're good Bin Ladens. They didn't have anything to do with it. Why blame them? Well, hey, I didn't have any thing to do with it either, you know. I was stuck at the L.A. airport. I had to drive to New York 3,000 miles. <laughs> I want to know why the Bin Ladens were allowed to fly. And I got to tell you, folks, it probably isn't a very nice answer we want to hear. Uh, but I want Bush to answer that, and I hope Governor Keene, the head of the 9-11 Commission, he said this week and he's going to subpoena the White House. I hope he does that. I think we have a right to know this stuff. I want to know why there's 28 blacked-out pages in the congressional 9-11 report that have to do with Saudi Arabia. I want to know why Bush's oil friends were 
inviting the Taliban to Houston in the late 90s and having meetings with them uh, uh, when the Taliban at that time were har harboring al-Qaeda. You know, I'd like to know, I mean, I think we have a right to know these things as Americans, just what the hell is going on here. I trust nothing that the Bush administration does. Anybody who would steal my White House is completely untrustworthy and must be, uh, must be looked at with incredible suspicion. Uh, you know, anybody who would lie to a country to lead a country to war, that's a criminal act. That is a criminal act. How dare they question us? Do you support the troops? You don't support the troops. Hey, no, you don't support the troops. Because these troops, they signed up to be in the army to defend us if we're attacked. You've used them to go over there to try to get the second largest oil reserves in the world. And, you, and now we have over 300 American kids dead. For what? You know, this is absolutely, this is a criminal act. All right, joining us now is uh, our um, international public affairs host, France Senecal. France, welcome aboard. Thank you so much. It's great to be on the Parallax Show. <laughs> well, it's great to have you on. Now, you and I were both there at Michael Moore's press conference, and I thought you asked a very interesting question, because Michael Moore has gotten very far in life by his brand of shtick that sort of blends a dark comedy with seriousness. So how did you, how did you phrase that question? I asked him if he were to turn his inquisitive eye on his own body of work, where on the scale between truth and entertainment would he rate himself? Which I thought was a darn good question. Thank you. He seemed surprised by it, which I felt great about. <laughs> so I always set out first and foremost to make an entertaining movie. And if, you know, 10% of the people leave the theater thinking about the issues or whatever, then I'm happy. You know, if I present something as a fact, you have to know that that fact is true. And everything in my movies and my books, these are the facts that I present you are all absolutely true. But my opinions are not necessarily true. They're my opinions. And I could be right or wrong. <clears throat> I mean, I think I'm right, but I, I may not be. <laughs> but if I, say, if I say to you the sun rises in the east, it better rise in the east. If I say to you that Canada had this number of murders last year compared to ours, it, that fact better be true. That's why I spend a lot of time and a lot of money and a lot of effort on making sure all the facts in my movies and books are absolutely correct. Now, uh, you, you, uh, you render an international flavor to our public affairs lineup by being French-Canadian. Oh, yes, I am. <laughs> well, who have you got? You've got some good people coming up in, the, in your next few shows. Tell us about those. You're so kind. David Edwards is going to be on my show Monday. I'm calling him in England in oh. the UK, actually, as they prefer us to say. And he is co-editor of the Media Watch Group, MediaLens.org. Excellent. And then I'm going to have Howard Zinn on at the end of the month. And Excellent. I we'll definitely want to listen to Howard Zinn. Yes, he's the grandfather of dissident history. I adore this man because uh, he was part of our Sandstorm CD. And right now, he just wrote a beautiful essay for ZNet that states, um, basically, we are a country that is occupying another country right now. All right. Well, we look forward to hearing from from Howard Zinn. So come on again, and uh, let, let's do let's 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 add a more international flair to this uh, lineup, and see if we can't talk about other countries in some more detail, shall we? Hopefully, you will come on the show, and you will add your wonderful energy to it. Is that an invitation? It's absolutely well, an invitation. Well, then I accept. Thank you, All sir. All right. Bye. Friends, we'll talk again. Okay, bye-bye.
Michael Moore, of course, had other things to say as well during the press conference, and we were allowed to record. So we'll play that, I think, for you on next week's program. In the meantime, I can't give you any better advice than to get his book, Dude, Where's My Country?, as well as Al Franken's book, Lies and the Lying Liars Who Tell Them. That station ID you heard at the top of the show, that really was Michael Moore. I point that out because we have been known to fake celebrity voices. Um, I'm not sure I want to point out which ones. But no, thanks to Richard here at KDVS, we actually snared Mr. Moore to provide us with that ID. Good work, Richard. We are out of time on this segment, but stay tuned, where we'll be joined by Dr. Cyril Wecht to talk about his very interesting book, Mortal Evidence, and more. I'm Douglas Everett. This is KDVS 90.3 FM. Davis, Sacramento.